Shortly after midnight on March 26, 2020, firefighters were dispatched to the Franklin Park barn following an alarm activation. They arrived to find the structure fully engulfed in flames. Everybody was kind of speechless. Nobody really knew what to say or do. And what happened? That was the question. What happened? What happened? I don't think the, the real magnitude set in until like the next day when you're like, was that, was that a dream or is that real? There is no barn at Frank Lisk anymore. I just started scrolling through social media a little bit and I saw the barn on fire and I just wept, honestly. I mean, it just broke my heart. It was surreal. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And even then I thought, well, they'll put it out. It'll be okay. It'll still be okay. And uh, when the realization came, it was heartbreaking. Wow, the memories we had in there, like they're gone. They went up in flames with the barn. When is a building more than the wood and metal it's made of? For thousands, the barn at Franklin's Park was so much more than a structure. It was the place where vows were made, where families reunited, where milestones were celebrated. For more than 40 years, the old barn served as the icon of Cabarrus County's Crown Jewel Park. Then, in just a few hours, it was gone. But even as the final embers glowed, a plan was formed, and soon the rebuilding began. Now, as the new modernized barn enters its final phase of completion, it stands as a symbol of the collaborative resilience that makes this community such a special place. I'm Dominique Clark. Welcome to Did Y'all Hear, a Cabarrus County podcast. On this episode, we're taking you along as we rebuild from the ashes of the Franklin's Park Barn. Let's start off and talk a little bit about this Facebook post that we put out which was on March 26, 2020. And this went out super early in the morning. And we immediately started getting responses. We've got people saying, my husband and I met at this park and would take our daughter for walks there all the time. She had her third grade field trip there. And just on Tuesday, I visited. We've got folks talking about getting married there. So many memories for people taking karate on the second floor. Through the years, that barn had been used for a lot of different things by a lot of local people. This episode is gonna talk a little bit about the history of that barn, and we'll go into the destruction of it back in March of 2020, and then the rebuilding process. First, uh, let's go around and introduce ourselves. So I'm Jonathan. I'm Jarrett. I'm Dominique. I'm Jalen. And I'm Tiffany. So we have a new face with us this month. Jalen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, I'm Jalen McRae. I was born and raised in Concord, North Carolina. And now I work as a content producer and I'm the newest addition to the communications and outreach department. These guys are great and they're fun to work with. And I'm excited to continue to work in Cabarrus County. So Jalen, growing up here, did you ever have an experience at the barn? Plenty. Um, starting off, I think my first memories was when we were doing Pop Warner cheerleading. I think that was back when we were the Jaguars. Don't know if they're still the Jaguars. Um, but the barn was really a place where we'd kind of meet up. Uh, we'd eat there, we'd hide from the sun there since the fields were so close. So when we were younger, we kind of utilized that barn because it was open, you know, if there was nothing going on. We could just kind of walk in and use it for whatever reason. And then as I got older, my church would have a lot of events there just from like cookouts to banquets upstairs so 
the bar just we have fond memories of the the spade games you know the uno uh, the good food that we would make there and then it was close to the playground so you know you have the kids running around and it was just it was just a place where we'd all congregate and be in some shade because that's important especially during the summer um, and just, you know, be with friends and family. Do you remember when you first heard about the barn burning down? Yeah, I think my I think my dad told me. It was just shocking because out of all things, why the one place where we know that people utilized and, and loved to be in? And it was just disappointing to hear that. Such a place with fond memories was gone, essentially. It did have the charms of kind of this relic of the past and obviously this interesting landmark in one of Cabarrus's flagship parks. Um, so, you know, there would always be events there that we'd film a little uh, video or an event, something like that. It definitely had character. So for this episode, we're going to look at a little bit of the past, a little bit of the present, and hopefully some of the future, because this building will be open pretty soon. The barn dates back to the 1940s, when the state purchased land for the farming program at Stonewall Jackson Training School. The barn was constructed as part of that initiative. That barn was one time a dairy barn. They had cows and they had a lake and all of that beautiful countryside here in Cabarrus County. County Commissioner Lynn Shue. A man by the name of Mr. Frank Lisk, he was very instrumental in getting that land assigned to the state of North Carolina. And then not long after, the state leased it back to Cabarrus County. And in 1982, the Frank List Park was opened. And one of the iconic images on that park was the barn. The barn quickly became a prime attraction for park goers. Frank List Park has been the flagship park for the county for 40 years, and the barn has been the most utilized part of the uh, facility. Active Living in Parks Director, Londa Strong. Picnics, weddings, baby showers, meetings, events. You know, all you have to say is the barn, and they knew you were talking about the barn at Frank Lisk. After it burned, there were folks that were sending emails and calling, and one of them that said she had her wedding shower there, her wedding there, her baby shower. Her daughter had her wedding shower, her wedding, and her baby shower there. Spent a lot of time in that barn, whether it's a birthday party, a graduation party. My son was at Boy Scouts, I was at a Scoutmaster, so we would use the park barn multiple times for classes. County Commissioner Barbara Strang. It's like the heart of Cabarrus County. Everybody knows about the barn. Even if you're not gonna use the barn that day, it's the first thing you kind of glimpse over and see. There's a lot of happy memories there. Preschool director Lisa Wallace and her staff, students and parents visited the barn for a special celebration each year. It's kind of our end of the year celebration. So uh, all of our families gather there and uh, we meet in the barn. That's how I am able to tell them where we're gonna be. Just meet us in the barn and we just have lunch together and just fellowship and it's just a whole lot of fun to end the school year. Our three-year-olds actually sing uh, a few little songs that they've learned throughout the year and then we say the Pledge of Allegiance all together, and then we all pray together. And the sound of everybody singing God Our Father in the barn is, is just a beautiful thing. Park Ranger Jack Rule has seen visitors come from all over. He recalls a conversation he had with an out-of-state couple who visited yearly. Just like the man and woman had their 60th wedding anniversary, I hear this past summer. They live in Moultrie, Georgia, drive it every year, come to this park, and I ask them, I said, there's some beautiful parks down there. They got all kinds of stuff down there. 
woman looked me straight in the face. She said, they don't have that barn. She said, I can sit up top here. And she said, it reminds me when I was a kid back home on our farm, sitting out in front of the barn. So I mean, memories like that, they're priceless. Fast forward to late March, 2020. As the virus comes into communities, people who have the virus may not know they have the virus. Today I share with you that in Cabarrus County, we have 18 confirmed cases of COVID-19. Yesterday I shared a case total of 12. On Wednesday, March 25th, the county and all its municipalities announced a joint stay-at-home order effective for 5 p.m. on March 26. Just hours after the virtual press conference, the alarms at Franklin's Park sounded and crews responded. Assistant County Manager Kyle Billifer was part of that response. We got a full-blown fire, okay? So that's not pre-alarm, that is telling you the building is on fire. About four minutes after that call, I received a couple calls from my staff that said they were rolling there. And about seven minutes after that, I got the call from my first um, person that was on site and he said, oh my God, I can't believe it. You've got to get here right now. And I was already getting ready and on the way. And as I was coming down the parkway in George Lyles, you could see the glow. When I drove in, it was completely ablaze by the time I got here. And there was probably eight of us from the county. And then slowly more came in and we were all here and, and literally watched the entire thing go down. For a lot of us that were up there, you know, some of those employees that watched it um, were 30 plus year employees. So we had some from active living in parks and then a good portion of our building maintenance and IM administration staff. So you're talking about folks who have painted, changed the roofs, remember when the floors weren't polished concrete, you know, done every type of renovation that we've done in there. And obviously a lot of us had our company picnics in there, um, birthday parties, wedding receptions. In fact, one of our supervisors who was the grounds maintenance supervisor here recently passed and he had had his last birthday party there. We were all there. So we all had a very strong kinship to the barn. The first thought in my mind was, how can this be? That's something else. You know, uh, have we hit rock bottom for that to occur during that time period? Board Chair Steve Morris. And then, of course, when it was determined that that was an arson situation, that, that was even more distressing. It was a kind of a hopeless feeling for a bit there. I don't know how people found out so quickly, but Bub Cowan, who was the director when I was hired, sent me a text that morning before nine o'clock saying, I just heard the barn burned. Is that true? Everybody wanted to know what was going on. I was just surprised at the number of emails, texts, or phone calls that I got before noon that day. I don't think the, the real magnitude set in until like the next day when you're like, was that, was that a dream or is that real? There is no barn at Frank Lisk anymore. While the flames were largely extinguished, the barn's remains sat smoldering as dawn arrived. Then the discussion turned to what's next. That day, people were saying, when's the barn coming back? Are you rebuilding the barn? When will that be ready? I need to have my family reunion next summer. Can I have it there? 11 days after the fire, commissioners met for the first time at the April work session. They made their intentions clear. 
Here's former Commissioner Liz Poole during the meeting on April 6, 2020. I would say to move forward with the RFQ and get somebody on board as soon as possible. I think the community wants to see a response. There was never any question in my mind that, that we had to replace that facility. To see any contraction of services is exactly the opposite of, of, of the way I think we should be thinking. And at that point, it's about putting out, you know, RFQs or requests for qualifications for design, and then going through that process of not just choosing the architect who is going to redesign the flagship building of your flagship park and the pressure of that, both for staff that's gonna be working on that design project, but also the architect. And at the same point, it's deciding is the barn gonna go back where it was? And that was part of that design process is we had to look at several locations throughout the park and see if that was the best place to put the barn based on topography, parking, road access, the utility lines, you know, all the things that um, when you're doing a, you know, home do-it-yourself project, you're like, ah, if I ever do that again, I'm going to look at it like this. Well, when you get that second chance, you, you have to take the opportunity. We did everything we could in terms of virtual meetings with the public, but also plenty of surveys that went out and that came back and, and summarized what folks want to say. And then we have to go through those with the design team and make sure that we're meeting the needs of everybody that has an input on on what goes into that barn and what they want to be able to see there. You've got a lot of folks here that were answering those surveys that remembered when their parents had their 50th anniversary there and their parents are no longer with them. So, I mean, we got some, some pretty um, emotional responses. I didn't have immediate thoughts about, should it look exactly the same? You know, should it be radically different? I wasn't sure in the beginning. I just hoped that they would rebuild it. If, if it had to be gone, that was sad. But if it had to be gone, it was exciting to think about some ways that maybe it could be, be even better than before. COVID-related supply issues slowed the project. But in the fall of 2022, the foundation was laid and framing began. Just months after Franklin's Park celebrated its 40th anniversary, the new barn took shape. The barn obviously, you know, is going up with a silo and with an elevator, so it's going to be more accessible. The first floor of the barn itself is 8,000 square feet, and then there's another four or 5,000 feet on the second floor with an adequate amount of restrooms and all that, and uh, it's going to be wonderful. When you start looking at the size of the barn, people constantly say, well, it's a, it's a bigger footprint. It's actually not by much. There's a lot that goes into it that makes it code, meaning fire code and building code now, as well as what building code encompasses ADA. So that portion of it is bigger, but in terms of the reservation spaces, I think what you'll notice is that the two shelters, the west and the east shelter, which were the open canopy shelters, those are both gonna provide much more footprint for more people to reserve them, which was, was one of the pushes for the amenities. The other push was the acoustics, specifically in the upstairs reservable space. And if you had ever had an event at the barn before, it was concrete floor and there's no acoustical treatments on any of the walls, that's hard wood. There wasn't even any air conditioning downstairs. So it was very much like an upfitted barn, which is what it was. And we took the opportunity to be able to put in things so folks can run laptops, can run projection screens, they can have presentations. It seems like we've been a long time to get to where we are now and then boom, overnight you've got structure 
You've got like the beams of and flooring in. It seems like, seriously, it seems like overnight, maybe because we've, it's been such a long process to get to where we are. And I know supply has been a big issue trying to get things in so we can get this built, but we're there. It's going up. Yeah, I think a lot of the things that we think about are what kind of legacy do you leave? Do you make a mark on the community that will outlive you? And when it's something as positive as a facility like that, where people go to enjoy themselves and to make positive memories, that's one of the uh, most rewarding things that I think an elected official can hope for. This project is definitely a heartfelt project for me to bring this back to the community. The amount of outreach that we got was huge. And as I send out the daily pictures that staff is out here every day um, from my staff taking pictures and, and detailing what's going on, as we send those out, it's, it's great to get the reaction back from everybody. So I would say this has taken the place as, as the, the heartfelt project for me, just because of how much it meant to everybody. Cabarrus County is committed to preserving the legacy of a structure that holds the hearts of so many. Although the flames took it down, the rise is what matters most. That's just who we are. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to all those organizations that helped with the barn rebuild. CESI provided surveying, initial geotech, and construction materials testing. C-Design Architects designed a beautiful modern facility that retained a strong tie to the past. And Ike's Construction built the beautiful structure that will once again be the premier park gathering spot. Get updates, including information about the grand opening of the new barn by following Cabarrus County Active Living in Parks at facebook.com slash cabcoalp. That's C-A-B-C-O-A-L-P. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Did Y'all Hear? We'll talk soon. Come